now recording. Alright, um, welcome to the Crew Together community call and swim meet. It's number 62 today, if I'm not wrong. Um, it was a very, very exciting week. You've seen, we've got a ton of announcements today. Um, I'll just copy the first part in our thread. Um, so it's easier to follow. More after that. Um, so I suggest we d dive um, straight in. We have a thread going in announcements and general and as well. Um, raise a hand if you want to join the stage. So the Puli NFTs have been released by Pool Together Inc. Um, the Puli NFT side project um, to support Pool Together Inc. in a lawsuit they're currently facing. And um, there's a Dune dashboard that absolutely awesomely visualizes um, the sheer power of the community behind it and the support um, Pool Together Inc. Um, is receiving um, in the um, issues they're currently facing. Right now we're at 84.65% of the funding goal. Um, very awesome to see. We've seen a mint of a judge and in total over 3,170 um, wallets are holding Puli NFTs. Um, I think it's an awesome thing to see. Truly is a brainchild of Oops, um, which has been made into a symbol of um, defending DeFi now. Um, very awesome to see that. Um, I'm not sure if you, um, if Oops is here and wants to wants to say what he thinks about um, how Puli has evolved. Speech, speech, um, speech. <laughs> No, I think he's le he left us again. Um, he was here. No, no, no there kidding. he is. Um, I scraped something oh. against my mic. Sorry, that's probably my hand. It's it's on the MacBook. I made it. No, I'm I'm back. I'm sorry. I left you hanging. <laughs> no problem. I think um, it's crazy how things have evolved. I mean, look at my avatar. I changed it. I'm a lawyer now. Mom always told me I would either be a lawyer or need one, and now I am a lawyer. Look at me now. <laughs> That's incredible, yeah. Um, I love it. Puli has um, gotten its own life now. Um, it started as a small burp here and um, has went to lots of variations. It's very awesome to see. Just chat the mint page again. Um, I think there's also to say there's a Discord server for Puli supporters. Um, you can join that too if you like to um, build on the mission around Puli and um, provide utility or artwork or whatever you like. Um, we've seen lots of cool stuff happening on this Discord server already. Um, I think especially people like Kames and um, Mac also are currently very involved to spin up a Puli derivative derivative. Um, not sure if you want to say a few words, Kames? I mean, not really. I mean, mostly just, yeah, check out the Discord coming out. Lots of, you know, cool memes, stuff happening. Awesome. Yeah, and um, we see there's a great community and behind all the Puli um, narrative currently. Um, if anyone from the community wants to say a few words, we're all invited to do so now. Um, otherwise, we have a lot of announcements still. Um, I'll leave you the stage now. Just a quick heads up, it looks like Dylan has his hand up as well. Let's come up on stage. Um, now, I've invited Dylan. He didn't take my invite. That's what it shows. Mm, okay. Discord is still very sketchy in, in displaying that. When you send invites, it looks like people requesting to speak to. Um, yeah, second point on today's agenda, um, which is very, very full because the community is building, 
um, is that the Pool Together Tools site has been updated. Um, it has now been updated with community-made tools, and on there you find the tools of currently Under the Sea, and Cookie, and Max. Um, and I think it's one step closer um, to to where we want to go with that to have have it all integrated and in one place. Um, it's cool to see how those apps have been have evolved since they've been first posted on Discord and um, yeah a lot of time has passed and the apps have been made have been battle tested and um, are on there now. Very happy to see that um, the project has been pushed especially by Dylan um, and if anyone has a tool they want to contribute they can do so via GitHub. Um, reach out in the developers channel if you if you need more info. Otherwise, I'm uh, I'm excited to see where this page is going over the next few months. The next point on the list would be the prize pool network. Um, all pools are excited about to new tokenomics, token economics, or however you want to call it for a long time. Um, and there has been an update by Brandon on the governance forum. I've just shared the link. Um, Brandon, do you want to say a few words yourself? Yeah. Um, hello, everybody. Um, you know, if you want the most comprehensive information, that Prize Pool Network post is uh, is probably the best place to start. But it is a doozy, uh, so I'll just summarize it really quickly right here, which is um, that we want pool together to be able to take any asset. So not just USDC, but allow people to deposit whatever they want because, because people save in many different kinds of tokens. And in order to do that, it would be easiest for us to combine the yield from all of these different tokens, all the different deposit tokens. Let's say ETH and DAI and USDC and USDT and whatever else. We want to combine all that yield together. And so we can have one giant massive prize and awarded uh, to anyone, anyone who's deposited. And so there's three different parts to this. One, we need to um, allow people to deposit any asset. So we're going to have prize pools for every single asset. Two, we need a unified prize model. So we basically need to have one prize for everybody. I mean, of course, like the prize is broken up into thousands of prizes, but um, one unified prize model. Um, next thing is we need to distribute the odds, right? Because one one asset like ETH, let's say it's 18 decimals, another one's USDC, it's six decimals. They all have different amounts of yield. They all have different um, uh, TVLs with respect to pool together. So how do we fairly distribute odds? And we can do that through pool staking. So pool stakers will come and stake their pool on a prize pool. And the weight of that is uh, going to distribute more odds like the however the weight the more odds that that particular pool gets that's of course split amongst all the depositors and so it's a way that pool token holders can participate by balancing odds across these different prize pools in return they get a cut of the yield from that prize pool and so it incentivizes them to stake on pools that are performing well or that are uh don't have enough pool on it so that means effectively the apr will be a lot higher um, and it allows to further decentralize the protocol. And by, by having this unified prize model, we'll be able to onboard a virtually unlimited number of assets because each and every one of them will be uh, selling the yield for the prize token, whatever that might be, and then distributed as one giant prize. So we'll be pulling in liquidity from all these different assets. So the post that's linked um, is, is very comprehensive, but it also has a call to action, which is there are still a few decisions that we need to make as a group, as a, as a community. Namely, what is the prize token? What token will we be giving away? There's a case for pool, and there's a case for USDC, and there are some uh, murmurs for other tokens as well. But I encourage anyone who's interested in participating in that to jump on and become part of the discussion. Actually, I'll follow up with a more comprehensive uh, post kind of outlining the properties of pool and USDC, and, and people, other people are welcome to add their own uh, 
add their own input as well. But I'm very excited about this effort. Uh, there are a few things we need to decide, and um, so it'll be important to get consensus from the community. In terms of uh, what we're doing to be able to properly demonstrate this token model is we are building a testnet prototype. Not even a prototype, we're building a testnet version uh, that you guys will be able to play with in a couple weeks. And we also have uh, a professional designer uh, designing what this new staking slash multi-prize pool pool together will look like so that for people that you know perhaps don't want to wade through all the descriptions of the economics they can see you can just see what this new app would look like um, from a user standpoint and so we're going to have a whole lot of content coming at you guys over the next couple of weeks and we will be able to decide as a community how to move forward with this because uh, it is it is, there are some significant changes here, but it's going to uh, potentially unlock a lot of growth for us with the ability to onboard all these new assets. So I'm very excited about it. The whole team's excited about it. Um, and um, I hope you guys are too. And if you have any questions, feel free to uh, fire, fire away in the forums uh, or here on Discord if you prefer something a little more ephemeral. Um, and I'll even, let's take a few questions right now. Does anyone have any questions they wanna, they wanna fire off? No? All right. Well, Chuck, I'll hand it back to you. If you want to keep going. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm excited about it, too. I'm very excited about it. Um, if you want to keep speaking, Brandon, um, there was a vulnerability disclosure about the trap rewards. Um, I think it's worth mentioning on the call as well. Um, on May 30th, uh, a security researcher has um, disclosed an issue in the trap rewards contract um, and the affected contract was now replaced. Um, the bounty, the, uh, the researcher is being awarded with um, 25,000 USD um, because he enclosed this issue. Um, I'm not sure if you have more words to add to it as our security expert. No, it's uh, it was pretty straightforward. Um, the uh, the security researcher was uh, very diligent in being as private about it as possible, and um, we confirmed the vulnerability. It was a significant one, and that it would allow attacker to drain the funds. And so, uh, Pierre has patched that up, and we're in the process of deploying a new TWAB rewards or new TWAB rewards contracts across all networks. And uh, yeah, it was it was um, it was really great. You know, it, it's nice that um, people are looking at the contracts, and we can see that other people have eyes on it because this contract was audited by audited by C four, but the um, uh, problem was introduced in the mitigations. And so it's uh, it's it's never a bulletproof process, and you know we should have been more careful with uh, with the fixes that we applied for the uh, risks that were found, and. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's really helpful uh, that he identified that and was able to reach out. Um, there's a question <clears throat> Mickle's asking, was it related to flash loan attack or something? No. So, yeah, I could describe the vulnerability. Um, so just for, for anyone that doesn't know, TWAB Rewards allows you to give away tokens to ticket holders. And it's sort of like a retroactive airdrop in that you can define between two dates how many tokens are being given out, and then people will be able to be able to claim uh, if they held tickets for that period. And um, the exploit allowed an attacker to create their own what we call a promotion. So each so this was a single contract that could have multiple promotions in it, and each promotion was what I just described, this kind of airdrop, if you will. <clears throat> and the attacker could create a promotion, and then when they went to destroy it two months later, which two months is the minimum duration of time, uh, they would be able to uh, take out more than what they put in. So they would have had to create, you know, dozens if not hundreds of, of um, um, promotions uh, or one giant one uh, to be able to pull out all these extra funds. Um, so what would have been at risk is, let's say, because, you know, uh, Under the Sea posted, uh, had a great post a few days ago. Uh, that was outlining an effort to give away pool to basically restart liquidity mining through the TWAB rewards contract. If that had proceeded, 
I mean, it wouldn't have proceeded that quickly, but if let's just say that the exploit wasn't fixed and we proceeded with that and say a couple hundred thousand dollars with the pool tokens were put into this contract, then it would have been at risk because an attacker could have come, created their own promotion, and then uh, started draining funds. And so this was a significant exploit in that it could result in loss of funds. Uh, Andy asked, would user funds be at risk without interacting with the TWAB? And no, user funds were not at risk for this. User funds are locked away in a contract that's non-custodial that has been audited like three times. And so professionally audited by three to three times and is also very old code. So I'm, I'm fully confident in that code and I'm fully confident that user deposits are secure. This was more uh, protocol funds that we would have distributed and uh, could have been problematic. So fortunately it wasn't user funds. Yeah, so it does, it, does anyone have any more questions about the exploit? Oh, I see Richard uh, was asked, was he rewarded? Yeah, so uh, yeah, on that note, actually I, I could say one other thing, which is that um, PT Inc. did have a bounty, security bounties posted for the pool together contracts. We've had these up for a long time, and the only other time we paid these out was when a, a Dutch researcher found something in the V3 deployment, and so we paid them out the uh, the max as well because again that would have resulted that one would have res resulted in uh, um, uh, user funds lost, but uh, that was patched before we launched, which is great. And so, um, so the what the plan is is that. Ideally, you know how we have the C4 budget, which is our auditing budget. Ideally, we have a security budget that's part of that uh, or related to that. But the way that we've structured them has been bounties. So the natural place to put these things uh, were the bounties program. So now on DWORK, as Tiark has linked, it, uh, uh, linked, you can now go and look at the security bounties that we have posted. And so, so this researcher, they found an exploit that could have resulted in a significant loss of funds. And so they qualified for the, uh, the high risk exploit, which is a $25,000 reward. And um, yeah, we're, it's definitely worth it. Like imagine if we had lost $200,000 of the pool, this is money well spent. And this also by what we should do as well as be even more public about it. And I've been thinking about this. We, we should advertise it through Twitter. Just like the, you know, the, the Lannisters, a pool together always pays its debts. And if somebody does come and find an exploit, we need to, need to make sure that they're rewarded properly and that we talk about it so that other people know that we will be there if, if they uh, decide to be a white hat. So another important point to make. But so for now, um, I'll be going through pool grants for the, uh, the bounty funds. But in the future, ideally, it can come out of the bounties program. Um, so... You know, it's it's already looking like the bounties team is going to be, need a lot more funds, but it's uh it's it's got to start somewhere. Talisky asked a question: Was C four given feedback of this? And no, no, they have been give, given feedback yet. But I can send out um uh, a message to them, letting them know it is you know. When people talk about blaming the auditors or having the auditors like stake on it or whatever, that is just not that's just not how humans work. You just need a lot of eyeballs and sometimes you just need a lot of time with with a piece of code to be able to see these subtleties in it. So I place no blame on C4. Um, they are just another tool in our tool, security toolbox. Um, there's no uh, there's no finger pointing here that's happening. Um, yeah, under the CS, did C4 review the mitigations at all? Yes, but it's not nearly with the scrutiny that the, the main code has in that um, it is just, I believe, the, the judge that reviews the mitigations. Um, I don't think the wardens, the wardens are the, the wardens for anyone that doesn't know are people that work for C4 and that uh, uh, audit the smart contracts and submit issues. The judge is the C4 uh, representative that goes through all the submissions and uh, filters them out for quality and, uh, and does some sort of final checks. And so the wardens don't check the mitigations. Uh, it's sort of a one way. Uh, they just come and report the issue and then take off kind of thing. Um, so Knox asks, can we have another level? Payouts would be as follows, critical, high, medium, low. 
So this, the framework that we adopted was adopted by uh, like a security standard. So, I mean, I'd, I'd have to evaluate that with respect to that framework to see how would that fit in. Um, I think we do want to have pretty clear criteria as to what payout level it will be. There are a lot of, there are like, I'm sure people who are on Twitter have seen that there are people that have been burned by bounties either being rescinded or demoted to a lower uh, risk level. And uh, that's just not fair to the White Hats that are coming in just because there's some penny-pinching people behind the scenes that don't want to pay out these, uh, these bounties, these security bounties. So we should, um, yeah, we should review that. Um, definitely, definitely very important. Um, let's see, any more questions here? Lancer has a question. When, if we change the pool prize network, will that change things about the contract that holds USDC and Aave? Um, no. So the prize pool network will still keep all deposits separate in the non-custodial prize pool contracts. That doesn't change. It's how the yield is managed. So the yield will be uh, sold for the prize tokens, which will then fund the prizes, and um, uh, which will then, of course, balance across networks if there's a big winner somewhere and whatnot. Any more questions? These are good. Okay. Well, um, if anyone wants to read more about it, the disclosure was posted in a governance forum. Um, I'll link you guys to it one more time. Yeah, very good to hear, very good to see. Um that it's being handled this way and not coming out later um, with a bigger surprise. So very, very good to see that the security checks that are in place um, help at different parts of, of the process. If it's the audit contests or bug bounties, um, I think it all helps mm -hmm. to create a secure protocol. Um, next on the list for today would be a quick update on Project Optimism. Um, there have been five bounties released to deploy Poo together on Optimism. And I personally would say it's looking good. Um, the plan seems to be working out and close contributors, core contributors of the protocol um, step forward to take the work of the bounties. A last bounty is open to be awarded, um, but already has two applications on it. So I think um, we are right on course um, for everything that was planned. I'm not sure if actually any one of the people working on bounties are here to say a few words. I think uh, Mekoso said he would come later. Um, maybe Kames wants to give a little update. But otherwise, I would say we're right on course um, to deploy an optimism. Yeah, I mean, I can add a little bit to that. I, I think you would, you know, just continue to highlight what you just said. I think it's going, you know, really well. We, you know, published the bounties. People are really excited about them. You know, we're working out a few kinks, but... Um, you know, we got testnet contracts deployed, we have subgraphs deployed, you know, we have auto task defenders just about to be wrapped up. So yeah, I mean, things are just are moving quickly. And it's, you know, organically emerging. And it's, yeah, it's just going really well. So yeah, I think we're on a, a good pace to, to get stuff rolled out. And beyond that, yeah, not much more to announce, except we will actually have one more bounty too after the one that we just published yesterday. Um, so there'll be one more. But um, yeah, other than that, no, uh, no other updates. Yeah, today's call is easy for me because I can just hand it over to the next people after every topic. That's awesome. You've got many people um, absolutely motivated in pushing forward Pooh together currently. Um, <laughs> Master of Celebration. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think um, currently I said that on the newsletter already, but our community is at an all-time high. Um, so many people are involved. Um, so, Sean, 
I know you're on a call. I'm not sure if you're able to speak. Um, do you want to say a few words about um, all the awesome content that the marketing working group has been putting out on the governance firm currently? We can't hear you, Sean, if you're trying to speak. I know he, he like said he me. might be driving right now, so he might not be able to turn on his mic. Okay, okay. Um, maybe, Tim, do you want to take over um, as marketing representative? Sure. Sure, I can do that. Yo, yeah, so awesome. Sean, has, Sean has posted some beefy posts, everyone. If you, like, if you like chewing on governance posts, you've got plenty of stuff to chew on in governance. So we've got a post about optimism campaign. We've got, um, we've got a post on, there's three posts. They're great. And then we've got another one coming on as far as like what the structure will look like and uh, compensation moving forward. So many things are happening, many exciting um, uh, posts in the governance, which I'm so exploring and liking and voting on things that have already been decided. It's fun. And then, uh, and then we also have NFT NYC coming up. So we've got a little bit of a plan going. Uh, we've got, we're going to kind of take some things from permissionless, some learnings. There's also, oh yeah, that's another post. These are learnings from permissionless okay, so and we're going to apply to the them story. to NFT oh, NYC. So we got the Hawaiian shirts again. We got the pool towels again. We're going to take over Talia Brewing, hopefully, um, if we can get that approved on Tuesday of wow. NFT NYC. And uh, we're going to pass out OATS, OATS, not POATS. We're going we're gonna to try some Project Galaxy OATS this time uh, just to, see, just to <laughs> see how it goes. So we're going to have like an OAT competition as well. Fun, fun, fun stuff. Yes. Welcome back, Sean. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm, tr I'm currently driving to my family. So it's tough to talk, but yeah, Tim, Tim covered most of it. Uh, so yeah, three posts, three posts on the governance forum. Uh, the first one on a primer on just like the creative process that we're going to try to follow. And we're really excited. And then two briefs that the, the branding and steering group, um, or really anyone in the market group has put together. A huge shout out to everyone that's joined all those meetings. Gone that fire has been a, a rock star and providing feedback. Shark was awesome. Uh, Star Tree, Under the Sea, Talisca, every, everybody that's been able to join these uh, has helped uh, form those briefs. I think are super, super clear. So I encourage you all to read them and comment on them. And then, uh, we, we, as Tim mentioned, there are going to be some more posts coming next week. Uh, one, our kind of uh, first response to the uh, multi-delegator brief and building uh, and, and actually the sales team and the structure around that and the compensation model that we've been to. Uh, and then the second thing, uh, second one, about uh, moving forward and uh, moving forward and how we're going to restructure the uh, the marketing to become more effective uh, based on the legacy over the last kind of three months. So all super excited for the marketing is gearing up to uh, and to start to really uh, to move forward in the world. Thank you for extending that. And then the last thing is um, the optimism brief. We're super excited to try this out. So I encourage you to read the primer on kind of the creative process. And, you know, normally the creative process is done either by like in-house creative experts or, um, uh, or, or by hiring third-party agencies. We're going to try a grand experiment and see if we can run through the creative process with the community to come up with our campaign. And so uh, we're very excited to work with our with the bounty team at, and have a bounty on to the next step to get the community involved in trying to think through creative territories, which I'm confident there'll be lots of questions on what is a creative territory known for, but we'll be, we'll be working through how to answer that and we're gonna figure this out together. So ultimately super excited. Uh, and I can't read the comments in the forum, but if someone wants to, if there are any questions or comments, if someone wants to read them out, I can, I can respond to the team can respond. But thank you, everybody. You have an absolute dedication. That's amazing. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Um, I've shared all the links in the chat. Um, I, I, I think it's fair to say that was a big process, um, the marketing working group did a lot, um, had a lot of meetings and talked to a lot of people. Um, 
I don't know how many hours of meetings you and we all um, went through to get um, to where the marketing working group is. And I think it's exciting to see. Um, I think we have a great um, narrative around the optimism launch in there. And I encourage really everyone to um, get involved now and say a few words and say if that's how you think it should go. Um, or if you have other ideas, um, so we can be optimistic for optimism. Very exciting to see. Adam Ching. <laughs> yeah, I just want to. I just want to. Yeah, I just want to add to that. Um, well said, because I did. I read it this morning, uh, the optimism post, and you know I won't say too much, but it's definitely worth the read. I think there's a really good vision there. It lays out a lot of the pieces, so. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for it. Definitely, yeah. Spend some time reading it, checking it out. Optimistic, optimistic, we all are. Um, next on the agenda, the Treasury Working Group has been busy too. Um, I think they're working... Um, around the clock trying to think about what to do with the Pool Together Treasury. Um, so there are three topics of the Treasury Working Group on the agenda. One is the Banker Deployment Review. Um, and I think Wave wanted to say a few words about that. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, I can talk about a few things for the Treasury Working Group. So um, just kind of as an update, we are working on a renewal post. Uh, we should have that up on Monday. We're just kind of, I'm getting together a draft and then we'll review over the weekend and have that posted on Monday. Uh, our quarter is almost up. It'll be up on the 14th of June. And we have the protocol and liquidity on Polygon going. We're on week five. So we had said previously on week six, we'd re release a report. That's something we'll be working on this next week, and we'll look to have it on the forum ahead of our next community call. Uh, that's been our ranges have been working really well, though. Um, everything's still uh, within ra within range. Uh, we under the sea, uh, the mosque, the master of all the bots, has a nice spot where we can check on the uh, where things are as far as pool weath balance in those ranges. So yeah, so far those initial decisions on where to deploy funds have been working well. We have about $200 in fees that we've earned. And another topic that we've been talking about this week has been the Bancor deployment. So um, we approved the 100K pool deployment on Bancor as a community. And now the discussion that we've been having is, do we deploy to Bancor v2.1 or Bancor v3? So Bancor v3 hasn't yet whitelisted all pools for v3. They are having some audits done, so they've had an audit by PepShield done, and they just published their audit from Open Zeppelin. They have another audit by Chain Security and formal verification ongoing by Satora. Um, so those aren't out yet, so we've been talking about what is the best route to go. So there's pros and cons with both. Bancor v2.1 is battle-tested, but... Uh, as time goes on, we'll see liquidity move over to V3 just because there's a very like two-click migration process. On V3, you have the impermanent loss hedge from day one, and they have the Omni pool there. So there's some you know greater liquidity trading through the V3 infrastructure. Um, but either way, there's a nice interface uh, in the Bancor UI. So if it's V2.1 or V3, it all kind of trades on on the same route, just like Uniswap does. So we've been talking about that just because deploying from Governor Alpha does have some of its limitations. One of those is that for us, a migration isn't as simple as it is for an end user with an EOA of doing like a one or two click migration. So is it easier just to deploy into V2.1 or V3? But then the focus is, are we confident that V3 is here enough? And those are some of the internal discussions we've been having. Um, there's always the option that we've talked about internally of buying protocol cover from Nexus. I work at Nexus, so uh, I am also one of the few 
of us who's uh, about like half a non. So uh, I'm fine with talking and, and the others aren't, but I just want to share that that um, that is an option that we've talked about as well if we have you know certain questions on the security. But I've looked at the audits from Open Zeppelin and PeckShield, and so far they all look good. Uh, they've fixed most findings. I think there were only a couple very minor issues that weren't fixed. Uh, there was one high uh, high severity vulnerability that PeckShield saw. Otherwise, there was a couple medium vulnerabilities and some low and in informational. In the Open Zeppelin, there was just medium and low, uh, you know, critical, you know, like low medium and low level uh, vulnerabilities that they fixed through commits. And they still have, a, you know, another audit and then formal verification to go. So we've been having the discussion about Bancor. We should have some more guidance on that next week. And the other thing I wanted to mention, too, that I didn't put up was that there is the RFC about the prize tiering across the prize pool network. So uh, the goal is to reduce the current subsidy, which is around uh, $5,300 a day down to something that's more along the lines of 3700 a day. And we can do that by changing the tiering a bit and then also with growth on optimism. If we can hit a 20 million TVL on optimism once that launches, coupled with some changes to the tiering, we can get that down to a more sustainable level. Um, and of course, as time goes on and we grow, that'll be helpful as well. One thing to note with the subsidy, and you can find this in that post that's on the forum, that request for comments, is talking about the subsidy as it's not just we can keep reducing it. Because if we reduce it and then TVL drops, then the subsidy increases. So it's not a static thing. It's dynamic based on TVL and usage. So if we can achieve a mix of growth and then changing the price tiering in such a way that we can reduce that subsidy, by about 35%, um, that'll be healthier for the protocol. Another thing that we're looking at is how much have we been spending as a community from the treasury? What is our runway? And what are some sustainable things that we can adopt as a community on you know, certain spending allocations to ensure that we have enough to fund for growth, but we're not spending so much that we're reducing that runway? So there's quite a bit of stuff that we're working on. Um, again, we'll have that renewal post up. We'll have a review of protocol and liquidity on Polygon with some conclusions there. And then we'll have some guidance on the 100K pool allocation to Bancor um, sometime next week. But uh, happy to answer any questions if anybody has them or, um, yeah, hear any comments. Thanks, Brave. Uh, really appreciate all that detail. Um, I would love to hear more about if you've done any kind of analysis of the liquidity provision on Polygon. Um, if there's any more information there, how that's going, uh, where it's at, if you could link us to it, like is there somewhere we can show people where they can take advantage of that? Um, that would be helpful just to know more if there is more information. Yeah, so let me find the actual Uniswap pool, if under the sea hasn't beaten me to it yet. And I can throw that in the chat so folks can look at it. A lot of the activity, like we talked about last time when we talked about this, is from bots doing cross-chain arbitrage. Uh, this is something that we will write up. But, um, you know, UniV3 is very efficient. Uh, this is, you know, one thing that's pretty obvious from the size of trades that go through with the amount of slippage. Uh, we're a lot more efficient on uni v3. Uh, currently, the TVL in you know, US dollars is a little over 48k. And the volume that we're seeing every day is, you know, um, I think at most we've seen about 19k. And I would say probably on average, uh, somewhere between 1000 to 2000 with some days it being very low. Um, but yeah, we'll have uh, more detailed analysis next week. Okay, thanks, Brave. That's great. And uh, one other question. So the Bancor impermanent loss, you said, is that only V3 then? So you have it on V2, but it, it grows over a 100-day period. In V3, it's from day one. So if you deposit 
you'll have 100% impermanent loss protection, or the way I like to think of it as a hedge, because you receive that protection in the form of BNT. Um, you get that hedge from day one versus it ramps up over a 100-day period in V2.1. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Well, it sounds like the you guys are doing your due diligence with regard to security, so... Um... Yeah, it sounds like you're pretty confident in V3. Is that what you guys are leaning towards? Yeah, I think I, I think the big thing is just, of course, like with Governor Alpha, what would be nice is if we could plug Governor Alpha into Enzyme and then independently manage things but not actually have custody over funds. Um, but Enzyme doesn't currently have that capability, nor does any other management tool that is in DeFi, unfortunately. Um, so Governor Alpha does put some roadblocks. So it's more a matter of what is going to be easy, easier for us in the long term, because if we have it in V2 and we decide three weeks or a month later that we want to go to V3, that has to be another governance vote, and then we have to queue up those transactions. Um, so depositing into V3 initially would be the easier route, but it's not battle-tested. The audits look good, but you know, as we've talked about, things can be audited and things cannot be caught. Um, there is the option to buy protocol cover for that, which protects against most of those major risks. Um, again, I work at Nexus Mutual, so uh, talking about this, uh, I have a bit of a bias, but um, that's another way to you know, hedge against a potential loss there. Um, but I think you know, with, I work with the Bancor team through Nexus, and I know that they do a lot of due diligence on security. I know that Mark Richardson, who's their head researcher, is very diligent about looking at vulnerabilities. Uh, but the truth is, I think with any DeFi protocol, is that um, it's important to have bug bounties to catch these type of things that happen after audit. Even if you have a lot of audits, things can still slip through. So what I always say is you can't minimize risk to zero, but you can minimize it. Um, so we're looking at what is the most conservative take that we can give while also not creating governance headaches and not having headaches to try to deposit from one to the other, especially the consideration is if other people want to provide liquidity on Bancor and we put the majority of it in V2 and then shift over to V3, then everybody then has to migrate on mainnet. So that is kind of cumbersome for other people who want to provide liquidity there. Do you think the impermanent loss protection on Bancor will be enough to have more organic LPs, i.e. the community, rather than governance? I think so. Yeah, I do. I, I think that's the main consideration when you're putting funds into an AMM, right? Is, am I going to make more in trading fees than I'm going to incur in impermanent loss? So having that hedge there, I think, will give people a way to put in pool that they're not utilizing take it out of cir circulation, allow for, you know, greater volume of trade. And, you know, if there is impermanent loss, then you receive those BNT rewards, which you can either put back into the BNT Omni pool on V3 or on the other side in V2.1 and either earn on it or you can swap it and get pool back. So, you know, there's a couple approaches there. I do think that Bancor is more retail friendly. That's kind of how they've built the system. So I think we can do that um, if we want to take advantage of liquidity mining in Bancor, if that was ever an option that we would want to do. V3 is kind of where they're directing most of it. And they have a thing on V3 where essentially if we wanted to provide, let's say, um, 250K pool for liquidity mining over a period of four years, you could do that and set it and it would fluctuate over that period of time. It would you know, stretch and provide an incentive over that entire four-year period. So there's a lot of cool functionality in V3. I still need to dig into some of the uh, more technical details on V3. But um, I met with that team at Permissionless and talked with them quite a bit. Uh, V3 is definitely interesting, and they already have sizable TVL, and they haven't whitelisted all their pools. So um, a lot of interesting research to do there. And then, again, I think the more sustainable thing, unless Bancor was on multiple chains, is to use uni v3 um, it's efficient it's where the prize pool network is either already is or is going to be especially for looking to deploy to other l2s um, and pretty much anywhere where uni v3 is so yeah it depends what we want out of liquidity i think is the answer hmm. 
Interesting fact is that Banker has also reached out and asked us if we want to talk about all this stuff on something like a Twitter Spaces. Um, so far, we've been holding back because of um, all the change, but it could be an interesting timing um, if people are interested to join in a Twitter Spaces with them and discuss all that. I would also like to know, I've had some conversations with Bancor folk and I'm working with them to get them on the podcast. Hung out with Glenn at Permissionless. Glenn's a G. And uh, I'm wondering about the possibility of multi-delegator tool with Bancor community and how we can do that. I don't know if that muddies the waters it, or if we could like package deal it and just keep talking about all of this stuff together. Partnerships are messy. I get it. But I think there's an opportunity there. Yeah, for sure. Dark, dark thing. Um, I like the spirit and they've been, they've been quite active in their side of the partnership so far. So I think it's a good chance in getting, getting deeply, more deeply involved with them. And uh, just a quick question about as we go to optimism or these other, these other layers and uh, chains and whatnot, are we, there's got to, um, you know, reward I, right there's got to be like some sort of yield or like we were talking about with polygon that sort of thing like as pool together grows and encourages people to go to um a chain like for example with multi-delegator tool i'm talking to mainnet communities that are iffy about polygon but they might try it out and so if there's any sort of like you know we're bringing this many users or that sort of thing to your protocol do we get any sort of reward i talked to avalanche about this and they're like well our main strategy is ave yield that's how we're trying to bring over users but um i don't really know how this works but i feel like there's an opportunity there as, as well and and i guess we're already exploring that with optimism with their what launch not phase zero but phase one incentives but i would love to like to learn more about that Yeah, I mean, as, as far as I know that there are incentives that we can take advantage on on optimism once we launch there. So I think with with that specifically, um, I don't know what rewards would be available to us. I think it's uh, I think it's dependent on when we deploy. But I do know that if we launch there, there will be OP rewards that that we can take advantage of and, and help to use for growth. So I think that would be a very efficient use of those event, uh, of those uh, incentives using that through TWAB or, you know, some form to, to encourage growth on optimism. And I do think that there is a large, a large user base on optimism that would be open to using pool together just because these ecosystems on these L2s are growing and uh, there are a lot of different options and derivatives platforms but nothing I think that's as accessible as pool together. So I think that there's a lot of room for growth once we can get on optimism and then in the future places like Arbitrum. Good stuff. Any more questions or things to say? We got the topic. Sorry, and what you else? what you just said though, it was like you would actually give it back to the community. That's the idea, is to give it back. We or, or could we also decide to use it for other things, such as like you know marketing or? I mean, we could know. use it. We could use it for other things. I, I really don't think that there's anything that's more valuable than driving growth on optimism because that, in the long run, frees up more money in the treasury to be used for other things. Right. Uh, right now, we have that subsidy where it's around fifty three hundred a day. Even if we reduce it down to let's say 4,000 a day, we're still burning through 4,000 USDC per day to kind of subsidize the current prizes that we have. So if we use the OP rewards for that, we can get to a level where we can be kind of break even. We can think about that as we're saving $4,000 a day that can be allocated for other things like marketing or other sub DAOs that might emerge within pool together. So I think it's all relative. I think that there's definitely something that we could do with those OP incentives um beyond just giving them away but i do think using those to fuel growth is you know is an important use of it but i guess it really depends on how much we get no p rewards right 
That is correct. <laughs> um, I, I have a comment. Uh, this is more for directed at Tim. Uh, Tim, I'm really excited about the uh, the efforts you guys are putting together. It does feel like what we're kind of dancing around, though, is uh, this kind of B2B idea where we are offering protocols the ability to give their users or just treasuries the ability to give their users something fun to do and um, promote themselves in the process. And I'm just wondering, you know, it'd be, it'd be great. Like we built the multi-delegator with the intention of um, it being, I guess, smaller scale than what you guys are doing. But you guys are talking about big deals where people can offer to potentially thousands of people um, prizes and, and this kind of fun additional reward. And um, I'm just thinking that, you know, if you guys do start to gain more traction, we can definitely put some basically muscle behind what you guys are doing and, and build a new tool um, that would allow you to delegate to thousands of people. Um, I think there is the path forward for that. And so I'd be happy to put together a bounty for a new tool. It would require smart contract work, but a way that we could delegate to thousands of people, because that would be such a cool unlock is to be able to tell somebody, hey, you know, for all your NFT holders, you create like a CSV with all of them, and then everyone gets a bit of a chance. And so it would function significantly differently from what we have now. But I think that uh, depending on how well things go, like just definitely keep us in the loop because I'm happy to uh, support you guys in some way, whether it's creating a bounty or designing something to uh, make that more feasible. Can we get that bounty right now? Can we can we build for the business? Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. I'll put it in the stack of things I need to do. But yes, I will. Uh, I'll definitely uh, definitely have a look at that if you guys are interested, because I think uh, I think that sounds like it could be really valuable for you. Yeah, Listen, can, can I just check one? I'm happy to send some give your way if you if you can do that for me. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll just jump on the back of what Brendan said there, because um, I've been talking to some of the like the play to earn gaming communities, and they're starting to form like uh, what would you say like these guilds, basically just groups of players like fifty, a hundred, a thousand players, um, and I actually showed the they pulled together uh, multi uh, delegate to them, and they said the, the, they're kind of what they were kind of saying is uh, this is a great tool, but like can we automate it more because we want to just like. Uh, pick, make it pick automatically from pools of our particular guilds users, and then uh, like every week it would randomly select one of those users. So that kind of thing would be awesome. They 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 they, they like the idea, but they wish it was just a little bit more, you know, uh, automated in that way. Hmm. Well, yeah. I understand that. So, so I, I understand that, but like if everybody's delegated to, then it's kind of doing that already, right? You're still you're getting fewer chances but you're, you're still getting the chances sorry yeah go ahead yeah well it's just the management of the delegations like they would have to manually add each of their users to the to their like delegation list uh they want they just kind of wanted like a way where um like if people held a certain nft or something or like their special little guild token that would automatically um put them in that pool of delegate uh, delegations so that the the guild leaders didn't have to um, manually uh, amend that delegated list. So that, that's kind of what they were asking for. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, God, like two months ago or something, Andy had brought up a similar point and I tried to capture that in a thread somewhere um, where effectively like a group of people could upload like a CSV or something with all the different wallet addresses and then it would just handle however many delegates they want to have per, you know, epic so every two weeks it delegates to another group of 10 people or something out of that subset of, you know, the 200 that are in the whole list. And it just gets all handled on the back end. That would be an awesome solution. I should just CSV it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the biggest part of it, kind of. Sorry, go, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. I didn't really talk about it. Yeah. I'd say the biggest part of that NFT and, uh, auto delegator function like that I've been trying to talk about for the longest time is being able to have selecting the smart contract of a specific NFT and saying for the different projects to be able to set parameters on who they delegate to. So for example, let's say I have a scholarship guild for whatever project 
and I hand out specific NFTs to my users, or we're aboard Ape Yacht Club, and we have a list of all of our holders. We have a snapshot every week on who those holders were, and then based off that, delegating chances to those holders automatically from that project's treasury. And then there can be more refined methods where, yes, here's the holder list, but you also had to perform this action, or here's our specific list that internally from our community we've selected for giveaways, raffles, whatever. And then being able to update that auto-delegator so that it's something that a project can start, set up, and then not have to touch and brings utility to their holders immediately and encourages deposits to pull together. Yeah, so, it's sort of like the pod idea, right? But more targeted. That's that's kind of how I see it. So the only thing, guys, that I would that I would say on this is that uh, like, so we're we're gonna have a post next week. But to me, what we're talking about here is is worth hundreds of millions of TVM. Like we're 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 building this with the idea of generating lots of deep, lots of different projects, NFT projects, or DAOs. I know there's lots of thought around it. We're going to move where, where it is. That's going to generate a ton of people depositing into the protocol. And we're going to do everything we can to support that. I'm worried because right now we don't know what we don't know. Tim has had some amazing conversations. And Mon has also had some amazing conversations and set up a meeting in the Philippines, which is awesome. But I think we need to hear from these projects specifically. What? And then we need to quickly build to what they're saying. If we try to estimate it, we think we know, but until they start to say, like, yes, we're in, here's our money, this is what we want you to do, we may end up building something that might not be what we need. So uh, it's important and we need the support, but I, I, I'm of the mind that we've got to get into the market. Let's let the sales dictate where the development comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent agree. I was about to kind of jump in and say something similar to that. In that, uh, before building something super specific for one particular community or trying to build something ahead of time, you know, we need to gather as much information as possible so that we see a pattern, so that we know that we're providing value to a lot of different groups at the same time, versus just appealing to one in particular. So, um, yeah, totally echo that, Sean. Like, let's definitely. Uh, basically make sure that we're communicating between the marketing and between the opportunities you guys are seeing. And so that that can inform what we're going to build without a doubt. Yeah. Two, uh, two things. One is um, uh, we, yeah, we haven't had anybody deposit yet to my knowledge, like a protocol or a community or an NFT project. So no one's actually done it yet, but we've got, we've got a, a bunch of verbal commitment and a bunch of like, yeah, this is going to happen. It just ha- hasn't happened yet. And then Chiark actually has um, a tool that he was using where you can actually drop, you can actually filter between smart contracts. So you can actually drop the smart contracts, cross-reference them, and get lists of wallets. And so it looks like it's something that we can build in uh, quite easily um, to what we've already got. So anyway, that's the future. But for now, we can get, we can get uh, CSVs pretty fast, pretty quickly with this tool. And then we can just hand it off to devs, which will make everything happen magically. Yeah, the last thing I want to say about it. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, I'm just going to reiterate real quick what I wrote in the chat. Um, The biggest thing all the NFT projects struggle with is usually utility, like for their holders and community. If we can have a way where they can click a few buttons and use the multi-delegator to benefit each of their holders with utility, and make that the standard for NFT projects, that's a huge growth potential for our TVL. I think Under the Sea talked about this as well. It's like, we've been doing a lot of like, hey, get the best yield with pool together kind of selling. And, uh, and that's not gonna help us in the long run. What's gonna help us in the wrong, long run is save and win and have fun. That I think I'm trying to distill it down to what will help us for long-term growth. And so the question is, what's that for these protocols and NFT projects? Is it add utility, which I, I love that. I think that's great. But is that more in the vein of like, get the best APR or APY or whatever? Um, is there another message? And this is in this as we explore this campaign. What's, the, what's that message that is at the core pull together values 
that can add to long-term growth and get create partnerships with these protocols and communities. Yeah, I like um, that articulation, Tim. Um, I think I think you're absolutely right, and I, I was never a fan of like pitching the EPR as the big selling point um, because that's not what Pool Together is about. We're about like having fun and get, winning those prizes, going and claiming those prizes, the whole experience of saving, not just uh, you know maximizing um, the the APR returns and having these outsized returns. That's the other thing is having these big big prizes. Um, so yeah, totally echo that. That's the the right idea. I think it's a, it's just a very speak to what you said, Andy, as well. Um, just want to address that. I think you're absolutely right. There's some. There's just this proliferation of NFT projects, and especially now with the bear market, they're going to want to appeal to their holders even more so than what they were doing in the past. So having some kind of utility for them, so that they can do something with their treasuries, would be really valuable. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. Well, Tarek, do you want to take it away? Unless there's any more questions. It's a good conversation so far. I like it. Um, good framing there. I think um, what we do is um, give communities the chance to do useful stuff with their funds without big risk, um, but with the big upside of um, big excitement and having winners every week or every month in their community. Um, I think that's a big upside. Um, it's not doesn't work to overpromise and say um, some something is making everyone in the community rich, but um, it's something that can be a great a great ritual for a community. Those um, daily, weekly, monthly draws at some point maybe. Um, and I think what we're giving away here is um, what you say, fun rituals and um, the chance to make everyone a winner. Um, that's, that's a good thing to think about. Check out the chat for another giveaway. I can't believe it. Everyone's giving stuff away. Generous community. Um, yeah, we've, we've been here for over an hour. Um, went over the most things on governance a new grants uh new grants reviewers have been chosen if uh you're interested i'm not sure if someone of the grants committee is here to talk about it but we won't make it a long thing um i think oops and geo have left the team and lonza and ten men have joined the team of reviewers there were lots of awesome um applications um, so I think it's a good thing to see the community is going strong after that let's just shortly go over the press part um, I've posted a guide to better understand the pool together discord I'll share a link in the chat the community with Aiden Boulevard has been published by Folkstar super exciting very interesting to see um, a community member from another side once again. Um, this was for before Edmund Aiden, so um, some of you might be confused who's that. Edmund Aiden is now Aiden Boulevard, so um, we don't have to think about banning him all the time because of his name. Thanks for that. Um, a new community podcast has been posted by Hot Mike with Glenn Goodman, the crypto trader. Um, very interesting to hear that too. And after a little sleep, the community newsletter is back. Um, so have fun reading all that. Some reminders, go to the Bounties info channel to opt in for updates for whenever there's a new bounty posted. Um, and that's about it. Let's open it up for everyone who might have an open topic for today that's not on the list. It's your time.
fine too. We had a great call. Um, not sure if it's prep time already. I'm not sure how far we are on that front. Let's see. Do I need to get someone on the stage for that? Do we have a poet? I don't even know. I just promised that. In the meantime, if you've minted one of the Pool Together Inc. Pooly NFTs um, about two days ago, you're able to claim your lens profile. Um, it's a very cool thing. On a side note, I wasn't able to claim Ew. my lens profile before. Now I am. Chark, what are we going to do with Lens? Are we now going to end Discord? Like, there's no more Discord and we're only on Len Lenster? Is that what we're doing? I think, um, I think it's all good. Um, I can't leave Discord, man. That's my life. What should I do? Uh, Lenster is a cool experiment, I think. Um, so if you haven't checked it out, you can do now. There, there are. There's a pool together community on Leinster that, that Richard like started, it. and the, I started one too. But don't ignore mine. Ignore mine. Go to Richard's. Yeah, I think I can share a link to that too. One second. Yeah, and then let, let, let poolers follow follow poolers. We got a. There's a leaderboard. Let's share the leaderboard. Let's try to get as many poolers on the leaderboard as possible. Yeah, you heard that Poodles follow Poodles on Lenster. Um, you're free to share your Lenster profile in the chat now. Yeah. Let's do that. Boom, boom, boom. I want to see your Lenster profiles. And I hope you have, have got the right profile pictures. <laughs> Where's that Lenster community link? It's deep buried. Lens is um, the proto or the engine behind Lenster. Lenster is a protocol running on Lens, as far as I understand. Trying to get oh, yeah. them on the podcast. Think of that one. Uh, trying to get them on the podcast and multi delegator tool, but isn't that like the circle of life since we get Ave yield and then getting, let, I don't know. It just seems weird to me, but maybe it's recycling. Now, do you know anything about a poem? Or should we end it here? <laughs>